On this episode of the Average Sean Podcast, we get into a bowl season special. No, that does not mean we're going to sit here and deep dive through every single game. That would be absurd. Uh, but Chris and I decided to pick a few games, a few different categories, uh, get into it a little bit about each game. Uh, we talk about what is one of the most fun times of the year. So let's just go ahead and get right into the thick of it. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Avershawn Podcast. Uh, this episode is our bowl season special. Uh, however, I want to give everyone the preface right off the bat. We will not be talking about every single bowl game. That would take us forever. We would be here for three or four hours. And uh, unfortunately, Chris and I do not get paid to do this yet. So we're going to hit a few games here and there. But of course, uh, Chris, as always, we should start out. How you doing? Good. I'm ready for winter break. I think everyone involved in uh, the academia land is ready for winter break and I'm um, ready for bowl season, ready for bowl season, ready for Christmas. I'm ready for World Junior Classic hockey wise. And yeah, I'm ready to roll. What's going on with you? Um, brain melted. Need go-go juice. Trying to cut out go-go juice. Withdrawal sucks. Go-go juice. Yeah, I'm trying to cut back on caffeine. Oh man, you yeah. are a Brit. You are a soldier. It it was an expensive habit because I'm not like a soda. Well, I was a soda guy. I cut those out on purpose. Um, but I'm not a coffee or tea guy. So it was one of those things where I was like, okay, well, the other way that I get it, which is a, a drink that I happened to find out long after I started drinking it to replace sodas which I thought I was replacing it with a drink that I just really liked. I didn't realize it had caffeine in it. And then I was like, oh, so what I thought was kicking this caffeine habit was actually just kicking the soda habit. And I was replacing it with somebody or something else. Uh, The unfortunate thing is this drink is significantly healthier. And as you and I, or I'm sure most everybody knows, anything that's healthier in America is, of course, going to cost more. Uh, So it was a pretty expensive habit. Not like, you know, cigarette smoking expensive, but it was something where I was like looking at how much I was spending on this and just going, what the hell am I doing? It was those teas, right? Yes. Uh, the Well, not teas, but lemonades, because like I just said, not a tea guy, but the, uh, the That's company's right. name okay. is Buy, no free ads, uh, and their lemonades, specifically the uh, Blackberry lemonades, are delicious. And it was one of those where I was like, hmm, I really can't be justifying paying $3 a bottle for this and drinking like three to four of these a day. That adds up. Fair. Yeah, I guess what? I can't afford that either. So you're good. I just stick to coffee. (laughs) I just I never got into the taste of it. But we're not here to discuss my. It's all good, man. It's in my veins. <laughs> yeah, we're we're not here to discuss my un-American taste because I'm sure the fact that I don't like coffee or tea is just like the most baffling thing to so many people out there. Uh, that you know, just we'll just move on from it and let's get into the bowls. Um, so we have a couple categories that we're gonna fill, but I think we'd both be remiss. This podcast is gonna come out on Friday. Uh, so let's talk about the two games that are going to be playing on Friday, 
some people might actually even be listening to this during the Bahamas Bowl. Uh, so we'll start UAB Miami of Ohio. Uh, matchup of two six and six teams doesn't look sexy on paper, but I don't know. I'm kind of interested in the chaos that just having a MAC team involved in any bowl game could could bring. So I'm not gonna necessarily say I'm pulling for Miami of Ohio because I'm not really like pulling against UAB. But I think this game's going to be pretty chaotic and fun, and it's going to be a great way to kick off bowl season. Yeah, I mean, and just, you know, adding to the chaos, you got two teams that haven't played in a few weeks. They've got the holidays coming up. Obviously, focus kind of shifts away from football for a little bit. And on top of that, you get to go to the Bahamas. So I would imagine the coaches are probably terrified about what's about to happen tomorrow. Um, and just looking at it on paper, it seems like even matchup, but it's UAB has a much stronger offense. Transparently, obviously two teams I really haven't followed, um, this season, but things that stands out, the total yards per game, uh, Miami is currently 222nd in the country. UAB is 42nd. That's a pretty significant difference. Um, over under set at 45. What would you say over under for this one? When it comes to the Mac, always bet the over because there is a chance that just switched in the middle of this. So I was going to say mid mid conversation there. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's the one thing I love this mic, but the power cord for it is so sensitive that you tap it and it just disconnects. So I need to get a better cord for it at some point. But I digress back to this. When it, when it comes to any MAC game at all, I don't care if it's, you know, MAC versus any other conference. I'm just going to lean on the over because the, the MAC is chaos. So that's what I'm rooting for. And honestly, I will lean that way just because I don't want the game to be boring. I want it to be just a filthy, disgusting lack of defense, like, you know, a you, I could see a Mac game having like a touchdown score with a quarterback just like chucking a ball 40 yards down the field and doinking off somebody's helmet and his teammate grabbing it in the end zone. Just like a complete fluke play and something like that goes down. So g- give me the over. Yeah, I would say over as well. Also, just looking at some stats here, UAB. 12th in the country in, in rushing per game at 242 yards, 243 yards per game. It's pretty damn good. So I'm going UAB. I That's, that's a fair take. Uh, like I said, I'm not really pulling against them. Um, it, I have to remind myself that every time I talk UAB, I'm not talking their basketball team because there's a dude on their basketball team whose name is legitimately Jelly. Like I'm pretty sure it's like Jelly Walker. And that name Ooh. is fantastic. Uh, so every time I think of just UAB in general, I always associate that name with it. And I have to be like, wait, no, Jelly's not on the football team. But if he was, I'd probably be going chips all in on <laughs> UAB. Je- you, you can sway me easy ways. And this is honestly why like games like this, I choose not to bet on. Or if I do bet on it, I just bet the over. Because at least then I'm like, hey, I'm just rooting for fun. Uh, so the other game that... And you know what? Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say, just adding to the more fun of that uh, of the game tomorrow, it's 11.30 start on a Friday, a.m. 
I mean, that's eight thirty Pacific time. There's a reason why I love the fact that my planning periods are the last two periods of the day. Because guess what that means I'm going to be doing tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, cutting class. That's why. <laughs> If my planning periods are the last two periods of the day, that means I can sit down and watch this and I don't have any other responsibilities. I mean, yes, I should technically be planning, but that's the glory of having two screens. Fair. Can't blame you there. So the other game that's happening tomorrow or today for that matter uh, is a game that you and I actually, I, we know a little bit more about it but not a ton, but I think enough that we can make, you know, a little bit more of a, a distinguished take on these than what we were able to do before. Uh, and that's UTSA and Troy. Now you were saying beforehand that you don't really think of Troy as a football school, but Chris, I'd like to introduce you to your number 23 ranked in the country, Troy Trojans. So they're not only are they, you know, a good football school this year, they're ranked. So what's with the Trojan hate? One eleven and two. Hmm. I don't know. I know that UTSA is a fun team. I know UTSA likes yeah, likes to likes to uh got a nice matchup here because we got the Roadrunners 17th in the nation in points. We got Troy, who's 15th in the nation in points against. So we got a good offense against a good defense. I think this is going to be a, this is going to be a great game. Um, just looking at stats, obviously these are two teams, as you mentioned, with Troy, but even UTSA, you know, it's not a household name. It's not like I follow them extremely close. But Frank Harris seemed to ball out a bit for UTSA this year. Um, and then <clears throat> on the flip side of that, <clears throat> you've got a Troy offense. Looking pretty good, actually, just on paper. They got a thousand yard rusher and uh Gunner Watson. Tell me that's not a quarterback's name. Balling out this year. Not to the extent of Frank Harris, but this this has the makings. Maybe uh you're you got me double thinking or thinking twice about this Troy hate. So is now a good time to tell you that I'm gonna take UTSA. <laughs> oh, Despite the, I would I, take UTSA personally. I mean, I I was just curious, you know, what what was causing the hate. So, I I don't I'm not mad about it. Um, and in fact, like I I love this matchup because, much like the MAC is kind of you know chaotic, Troy is also from the Fun Belt. So, you give me that, you give me UTSA, which by all accounts has been pretty much an overs machine or at least a, a fun machine all season long like you were saying this game's at three o'clock um i will be utilizing my phone to watch this uh while i'm you know outside freezing my tuchus off uh doing some things that i wish i wasn't doing coaching in the freezing Ooh. cold um that, granted I, I love the kids that i coach it's, it's just the fact that i'm standing outside in the freezing cold that i could do without uh but fair more than anything, when it comes to this game, much like the Mac game, I feel a lot more confident about this one. I'm going to take the over, which is set at 56 and a half. Uh, I would take UTSA minus one and a half. Just it, again, they have felt like a team that they, they only have two losses. And I know that Troy does as well, but 
Troy, I wouldn't necessarily call fraudulent. I would just say it's incomplete because they didn't get the opportunity to play JMU, the true winners of their side of, of the Sun Belt, uh, in order to like get a championship game because of stupid antiquated NCAA rules. So I have no clue how that game would have turned out. Instead, they played an injured Coastal Carolina game that was never really in doubt. So the last time I saw them play, it was just one of those games where I'm like, what do I even take from this? So I just, I lean on UTSA because I've seen a little bit more out of them this year. I've I've watched them a little bit more this year. Uh, And I will also admit that my take on this is being a little bit influenced by how much uh, people like Scott Van Pelt love UTSA because I love Scott Van Pelt. Maryland, man. Yeah, let's let's not get too deep into Maryland because if we do, we have to discuss <laughs> what happened last night against UCLA, and I'm I'm just that's not a discussion I feel like having right now. Um, all right, so <laughs> as a part of bowl season, there's there's games everywhere. There's going to be games like seemingly uh, every single day. It's the gift that keeps on giving throughout the month of December uh, and into early January. So we could go into you know, talking about all different sorts of games and everything, but does anyone really want us to spend a ton of time talking about the lending tree bowl between rice and Southern miss? I, I just can't imagine that. So lending tree wants us to, well, sure. But lending (laughs) tree doesn't sponsor this podcast. So until they do, which I'm, I'm leaving the door open for that. Uh, but until they do, sorry guys, no free ads. Um, fair. Let, we, we have a few categories. We have uh, over special, which is a game that we think is just going to be like a, an absolute points fest. Under special, uh, a game that you think is going to be just an absolute disgusting game to watch. And the game that we think outside of the college football playoff is going to be the potentially the best game of bowl season. So, Chris, I'll let you pick. Where would you like to start? Why don't we go with the under special? Let's start ugly. Okay. Ball is in your court, sir. So I am going with UConn and Marshall, which is currently set at 40 and a half. Now, first of all, all the credit in the world to Jim Mora for being able to fix up this UConn program and getting them bowl eligible. And all the credit in the world to Marshall to getting here. However... I don't know how much you've paid attention to Marshall this season. They did have that gigantic, noteworthy win over uh, Notre Dame earlier in the year. But outside of that, they were okay. They they went eight and four, and they went eight and four playing in Conference USA. So, I don't know. That doesn't really excite me too much. More than anything, though, the reason why I'm going under on this is because I would have to imagine with the under being set so low at 40 and a half, I haven't watched a ton of UConn, but I'd imagine that the way that, you know, a guy like Jim Moore would kind of reset a program, particularly a program that's based in the Northeast, which is kind of one of those, you know, stereotypes about being cold and grit and grind and that sort of thing, even though Connecticut's anything but a grit and grind state. Uh, But you reset a program like that. My whole thought process is you're probably resetting the program through defense. So 
not knowing much on those, just looking at everything that I you know quickly saw on paper, it feels like a game where points are going to be hard to come by. And it could just end up being whatever team makes the big mistake is the team that ends up losing the game. Because I feel like there are going to be mistakes made because the defenses are that good. But you make that one defensive missed assignment and a guy gets open and all of a sudden, like, either the touchdown or the field goal that comes out of that will end up being the difference in the game. That That's at least what I'm seeing out of this. Give me your game. So I'm sticking within the Northeast, or at least where the bowl game is being played. Uh, the Pinstripe Bowl, so Syracuse and Minnesota. Um, so currently uh, it is set at over under of 42. I'm taking the under, obviously. It's the ugly game. Um, and, you know, just a, a few things. Well, one, you mentioned the weather. Uh, it's at Yankee Stadium, December 29th, so still two weeks away at this point. So it's still too far for us to t- the weather but if today was any indication as to which way we're headed weather wise it's basically like a sleet outside right now it's cold um and we got two teams obviously minnesota used to playing in the cold but we got the carrier dome team going here um whose offense really was not that impressive this year matched up against a minnesota's defense which granted eight and four is a very solid season you gotta give them props where props is is due to but they were ninth in po- uh, yards allowed per game, fifth in total points allowed per game, and uh, you know basically shut out. I mean, just did everything to absolutely close the door on every team they played. Um, they finished their year giving up sixteen points in a win to Wisconsin, ten points in a loss to Iowa. Sorry, thirteen points in a loss to Iowa, three points to North what three points to Northwestern. 13 to Nuska and then zero to Rutgers. So their highest point total against was 16 in the last month and a half. That's pretty damn good. Um, but then on the flip side, you got Tanner Morgan at quarterback, who obviously at this point, I feel like he's been in the playing college football for like 10 years. Obviously he's a solid quarterback, but not flashy. Doesn't really have receivers. He's lost a bunch of receivers to the NFL the past few years. Um, they've got Ibrahim at running back, but he's suffered a bunch of injuries. He had a great year, but we saw what happened to him at the beginning of last year at the Ohio State game. I just I see this has all the the fixings for an ugly under game. If Ibrahim, which I've heard so many announcers call him Ibrahim, Ibrahim, which has made me start second guessing whether I'm pronouncing that correctly. Ooh, now you got me second guessing. I don't know. Yeah, um, we know who we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I, everybody knows we're talking about uh, Mo Ibrahim. It or Ibrahim, however you want to pronounce it. But if he's eligible for the NFL draft, I haven't seen anything saying that he's opting out, but I wouldn't be surprised if before this bowl game, if he were to opt out knowing the significant injury that he went down with last year. And also if he's smart and has good people around him, they're going to be telling him, dude, running backs have a short shelf life in the NFL. Go get your money while you can. I understand that you can get NIL money while you're now in college, but I have to imagine that a running back on the Minnesota Golden Gophers is not going to be making the same amount of money through NIL as even a backup running back for the Minnesota Vikings would be making. So while we're here, what's your ugly game? 
Because we, we talked about the bad. Let's Oof. get into the ugly. Oh, man. We're, we're starting on the on the low. I see what we're doing here. I mean, you know, at, at this um, point, so let's here, see. Here's, here's what game. we're doing. Here's what we're doing. We're digging through a mountain of crap in order to get to the gold at the end. So, you know, you were just we're giving the bad news first. So that way we can end on the positive note. That's what we're doing here, Chris. All right. Uh, so I'm going uh, a little bit a bowl that's a little bit closer or it date wise. Uh, the guaranteed rate bowl, Wisconsin and Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, absolute felt f- just completely flat on its face at the end of the season. Um, I believe at one point they were ranked top ten, if not like. I, if I remember the correctly, I, I don't think they got to six. I think they got all the way up to eight. Which at that point, you're kind of splitting hairs. I mean, but... so. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, they they were surging. Um, I believe did Sanders entered the portal, so he's gone. Um, and, you know. The, the the mullet Mike Gundy man just kind of uh, this is not characteristic uh, not characteristic of his team um so I would like to imagine that that the guys that are suiting up for this bowl game are obviously gonna he's gonna get them rearing and ready to go because Mike Gundy has got to go out with a bang uh to finish the season not saying that he's going anywhere because I don't think he is um if anything, he's one of the most consistent coaches in the in the league. I also just think that he has like a consistently rewritten contract from Oklahoma State for as long as he wants. Which fair enough. I mean, they've got their guy. They he will get them seven, eight plus wins consistently every season. It seems like um, so just an uncharacteristic end to that season for for Oklahoma State. Obviously, you got some guys that are going to be stepping up into to starting roles for this game. Due to the transfer portal, obviously losing Spencer, um, or sorry, yeah, Spencer Sanders, uh, big loss. He's kind of a baller, and I'm sure he'll go on and put up crazy numbers wherever he decides to go. Um, but then on the other side of that, we're talking ugly. Man, Graham Mertz, ugly. Oh, how and the I five stars he, have didn't fallen. Didn't he just – yeah, and didn't he just enter the portal? Uh, I haven't seen any news about it. He may not just because Luke Fickle seems to be – uh, somebody who can do a great job with quarterbacks, he might choose to stick around to see what happens with the new regime. Or Fickle may have pulled a uh, Deion Sanders and showed up and told him, get your butt on up out of here because we don't need you. Yeah, well, that, and that's a whole other conversation, but good on Dion. Um, but this is set at an over-under of 43. I would have to imagine that it's going to hit the under. But Oklahoma State, I guess, has the possibility of taking that over just single-handedly. Um, but Wisconsin going to Wisconsin, so this thing's going to be ugly. Wisconsin could be the ugly feature of every week, right? Same with uh, same with another friend of uh, Wisconsin. You you almost let it slip, <laughs> and I, I might as well just take that lead in right now and run with it because if you think Wisconsin Oklahoma State's going to be ugly, Iowa and Kentucky is going to be ugly. It's just it's going to be gross. It's going to be a game that's going to make you want to throw up. It's a New Year's Eve game, which, quite frankly, is great because they're playing it at the same time as Kansas State and Alabama. So you can easily just forget about this one. But if I had to watch it, do do me a favor. Take take a guess as to what you think 
the over under is set at for this game? Oh man. Well, Kentucky can put up points or they've shown the ability. I'm going to have to say 42. Okay. Are you sure that's your final answer? I mean, I know Iowa struggles to put up more than 10. So <laughs> the over under is set at 31 and a half. Whew. Whew. Are we definitely taking over on that? No. <laughs> Absolutely not. Are you is Will kidding? Levis playing? Uh probably not. If it, like if he was smart, he wouldn't because if there's anything Yeah, and like also if there's anything that Iowa has been pretty consistent about, it's being a pretty decent defensive team. It's also the same team that last year they didn't cause Dante Dimas to get hurt, but they were the team or the opponent of record when Dante Dimas for Maryland got hurt last year. Maybe that's affecting my surrogate brain thinking for Will Levis here, but you're a projected first round draft pick. Why would you risk getting hurt? So that in itself is a deterrent for me taking the over. Uh, The other part of it is that Spencer, Spencer Petrus with the combination of Brian Ferentz as his OC might just be the most putrid option that has ever been put out onto a football field. They could barely beat South Dakota State, who granted got the number one seed in FCS football, but they could barely beat them. They got two safeties and a field goal. So it looks like they got a touchdown, but they didn't. That that game, sure, it was the start of the season, but that was just gross. Like I said, they struggled to even score 10 points. (laughs) I can't get the stink of that game out of my head, no matter how far away it was. Knowing that Kentucky is definitely a step up in terms of talent and knowing that they're supposed to be a good defensive team, even if Kentucky puts up 20 or they put up like 24, I can't promise Iowa puts up 10. I just, I really think that this game is going to be disgusting, gross, might make you need to go to the bathroom and revisit your lunch. Oof. I just, I hate to put it this way, but particularly if Will Levis doesn't play, the first quarterback to 13 completions wins this game. That That's my thought. That's fair. I mean, yeah. So I talk about Graham Mertz. Graham Mertz is, is has to be in that conversation with Petrus, but Petrus is worse, right? Petrus like also we can, didn't we can have the five star pedigree. Graham Mertz is at in. least. That's true. He's been a, Mertz has been a total bust. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I won't call him a bust because I hate saying that about college um, kids, but he's been a disappointment. Yeah, and I'm trying to think who he took over for. There was not that we have any household Wisconsin quarterback names, but Russell Wilson. There was like some what? No, he didn't take over from Russell Wilson. No, but you were saying household household names. Yeah, um, but there was when when Grand Merce took over. There was like, oh wow, this might be the guy. Five star, like you said, he's just totally stunk it up. Petrus, what was he? Probably a two star, three star. 
three star probably. Iowa's kind of like the land of the three stars. So let's move on to some more fun things and, you know, not things that make you contemplate, you know, losing your lunch in the toilet. Uh, Sean, I'm having fun. We're talking sports. This is fun. (laughs) Fair point. Uh, But this is even more (laughs) fun. Let's get into the over special. Uh, So I had made my choice about this before we went in and Chris and I were discussing like, hey, we should know what each other's choices is just so that way we don't overlap with each other. Uh, and I made a choice that was separate from his. And I was taking a look at a different game, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to switch this. And so now is going to be the moment where I drop on you that my over special is going to be Wake Forest in Missouri. Line set All at right. 16 and a half. And I think Wake Forest doesn't play a lick of defense. I mean, they made DJ Uyunglele look good, and he is – you want to talk about bus? It's probably him and Graham Mertz at the top of the list. Uh, well, DJ's transferring. Let's see what offers he gets. I'm just saying, man, you come in and Trevor Lawrence was the guy before you, so you got some big shoes to fill. But at the same time, you look at Clemson's history with quarterbacks recently, it's been pretty good. You had Deshaun Watson, minus you know his proclivities. Uh, Trevor Lawrence... And then even guys like Taj Boyd and Kelly Bryant, they weren't, they weren't bad. You know, they, they weren't, you know, somebody that makes you look at this and go, the rest of this team could potentially be a title contender if it weren't for the quarterback play. Usually those teams have like a couple pieces missing, not just, you know, one. Where Clemson probably does have a couple pieces missing, but that defense was good. So if the offense was any level of, you know, solid and consistent – probably win the ACC running away without actually losing any games, and they probably are in the college football playoff. So, give me Wake Forest to put up a ton of points. If Sam Hartman's playing, I think that he's probably in a spot where, you know, he has a, a outside shot of getting drafted into the NFL. So, unlike Will Levis, who's a first-round draft pick, doesn't want to hurt his stock, Hartman probably has more to gain from playing than Levis would in this situation. So, I think he's still going to play uh, Wake Forest doesn't put up a ton of points, as I mentioned, or doesn't play put up a ton of defense, as I uh, mentioned. And on the other side of things, the reason why I ended up choosing this game was because, much like I can't get the stink of the Iowa-South Dakota State game out of my head, I love what Missouri did against Georgia points-wise. And I feel like that's that's going to be an easy way to help contribute to this over. Yeah, I mean, they put up points against the world-class defense, uh, top five in the, in the entire country. Um, fair. That's that's a good one. That's a, I, I like that switch. What was the game you had before that? I forget. Uh, honestly, I don't remember. Wazoo, right? <laughs> yeah, I think it was like Wazoo and um, Fresno. Uh, yeah. Now, we're starting to come up on there time. There will be some we- points there, too. We got about nine minutes left. Yay, Zoom. I still don't play, uh, pay for premium. If somebody wants to help me pay for premium, feel free to donate. Um, but we got about nine minutes left. So sorry for taking all the air out of it, but give me your over special. So I'm going UNC and Oregon in the Holiday Bowl. Um, so we've got the resurgence of Bo Nix, right? Had a fantastic year. But 
I would just like to say, if we were to go back to a, a podcast, maybe at the end of July, early August, reviewing the season, I said Drake May would ball out. I believe I was even talking about Drake May last year. Obviously, he was a five-star recruit. I believe he ended up taking UNC over Bama. Um, and he has balled out this year. Um, you know, just looking at number-wise, Oregon obviously has always been a points factory, 13th in the country uh, with 39 and a half points a game. You got UNC at 35, which is 43rd in the country, but Drake May, man, they've been putting up hella points. Um, and better yet, defensively, both teams are awful. UNC's backbone, I've, I, I truly think that UNC would have easily got 10 wins if it hadn't been for just their god-awful defense. Oregon, you could get the reason that they ultimately exploded was their defense. Um, so, yeah, I'm taking over. It's currently set at 71.5, which I know is pretty steep, but I, I expect this is going to be two two quarterbacks looking to, uh, you know, just chuck, chuck the ball around a bunch and, uh, you know, the last one with the ball wins type of thing. All right. Well, while we're here, give me your get your non-college football playoff game of the bowl season. What you got? Oh, talking about points. Look at me going on the offensive side. I got Texas and, and Washington in the Alamo Bowl. So obviously you got Quinn Ewers, household name. Numbers aren't great, but he was also hurt majority of the year. But the games he played balled out. And then we got the the gunslinger from the Hoosiers obviously transferred and has said that he will be back next year for a good Washington team. So that's definitely a team to keep an eye on. Obviously same with Texas. We got the cart Sharkeesian, Steve Sharkeesian era um, now with Ewers, but Michael Penix coming up on 4,500 yards will easily surpass that with this bowl season. Absolutely. I mean, he's where do I even start here? We got offense on offense and we got Bijan Robinson, obviously a free running back. Um, I, I see, I, I see you're worthy, just great receivers in this game. I think it's just going to be a hell of a fun, fun game. Lots of points it's the Thursday night, nine o'clock start. So, you know, kind of an off time it'll get, it's, it's, it's the, the they'll get their little limelight. So where are you going? So, uh, for clarity, that was my pick as well, but uh, credit to me for being a, a gentleman and a great person. Uh, I decided to give you that game, and I would go a different route. Uh, well, thank I'm going, you. It is the giving season. Uh, you know, I'm just such a caring person. Look at look at me. You'll never be able to call me the Grinch, even though if you were watching this on video, I am wearing green. So fair. I like the Grinch. <laughs> I mean, it's a great movie, and also Taylor Momsen, low key. Great movie. Look into that. That's an interesting career path. <laughs> Very interesting career path. Um, but I'm going to go Ohio and Wyoming. A couple of reasons. Um, the, the first one is Wyoming's going to be wearing their whites. And I, I have made this determination with their basketball team and their football team. I don't think that there is a cleaner, crispier looking white jersey in the game than what Wyoming puts out there. I just, the saloon font with the color scheme and everything. That is the best looking, quote unquote, home white jersey, because, of course, nobody uses home whites anymore. Uh, that That's the cleanest one out there. So I love that one. Juxtapose that with the green of Ohio. And I feel like that's going to be just a beautiful matchup of colors that don't necessarily think 
that they're meant to go together, but I feel like when you see them on the field, it, it's going to look pretty cool. Also, I, I'm not going to lie, man. Part of it's because I would enjoy working for a company like this, sure. But the other part of it's undeniable. The Barstool effect is real. And this is the Barstool Sports Bowl game. So you get a MAC team. So again, love MAC, love chaos. You get a Wyoming team, a team that has been consistently just whatever sport I watch them in, basketball, football, primarily. They're just fun. So I feel like this is going to be a game that you can tune into. It's December 30th, so it's not New Year's Eve yet. So you're not getting all those big games. It's at 4.30. It's the lead-in to Clemson, Tennessee. It's probably going to be a more entertaining game than Notre Dame, South Carolina. Uh, I feel like even Pittsburgh UCLA isn't going to be that entertaining. I feel like, I personally feel like UCLA is going to run away with that one. So this could be just that game where you just tune in. You're like, I don't even need to to do anything crazy with this. The over/under set at forty-two and a half. I feel like the way that things go and the kind of like kookiness that seems to follow anything Barstool related. I feel like that over is going to hit pretty easily. And you're just going to be able to just sit back, have some popcorn, warm up some hot chocolate, have yourself a ball watching this game. I just, I, I get that feeling. And I kind of love that I get that feeling. So, yeah, fair. We'll wrap things up here. Uh, we're kind of, you know, as I mentioned before, we're coming up on time. Uh, I hate that I'm going to keep mentioning this during these podcasts, but education. Pay for our Zoom. <laughs> This, this podcast is open for sponsorship if you want to but uh in all seriousness as always guys uh thank you for listening uh if you've been around with us if you're a brand new listener to this episode i uh, appreciate you guys giving us a little bit of time out of your day and we will see you guys next time <laughs>